Courtney. My name is Matt. And I am Courtney. We talk about the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. Yup. This time I didn't hesitate, Courtney. I know, that was awesome. You went right in. I it's know. like you know where you belong now, Matt. <laughs> I I think so. Uh, except today we're, we're going to talk about something that we may uh, ramble a little bit. Like are, we usually do. A little bit. I, We're gonna... I I have everything I'm going to say perfectly planned out ahead of time. You don't. Uh, it it <laughs> it's all in the it's on the it's all written down on the papers. Yep, I get That's it. That's right. Uh, like a script. Um, yeah. We're going to talk today about competency and mastery and proficiency. Yeah. Maybe maybe some other things. How how do all those relate? Is basically what we what the point of today's podcast is going to be yeah yeah and so what about them and like what are some important yeah so like let's start off like oh gosh right let's start i know here we go we have no idea how this is gonna go we we have a couple things we're thinking about we know they're related so we'll relate them somehow but like so then first off just the difference between a standard and a competency or a standard and a target right uh so in my head it's a little bit of a like a, a tree diagram hierarchy type thing. The standard okay. is a really big overarching goal that speaks to a larger length of time, perhaps a year, perhaps several years, perhaps your entire learning education experience. And that's a Whereas, standard? That's a standard yeah. for you in this language? Okay. Okay, keep going. Mm -hmm. So I think of like like the graduation standards or, you know, the, um, like I can picture the state of Maine document has standards, has a standard, and then under it are different performance indicators. And depending on the content, that standard might not change for grades six through eight. Okay, the standard so is the same, but it's pieces. Can you give me an example of what that standard, what a standard might be? Um, I, you I pause and let me look one up. No, so so let let me let me talk through that while you look that up. Yeah. Thank you, Courtney. Okay. Is you're not talking about something as large as like a standard of problem solving or communication. You're talking no, not more, like that. Okay, so that's like that. that's too big, right? That's so, too big. So yeah. what would you what would you think that is? Is what when we talk about we want kids to be um like a, we, a lifelong learner <laughs> okay how about a like that uh, a problem solver and a good communicator a clear and effective yeah. communicator so what 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 is that in your language those are uh guiding principles or habits of work and life and mind um those so, are so large and so global that to measure them is meaningless. <laughs> Whoa, and, and really, here we go. Really difficult. <laughs> okay, so so that if 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 you just said like the standard is like a a tr a, a tree, right? Yeah. So and and I'm gonna let you keep going in a second, but you're thinking like the big things like problem solving and communication that would be more like the forest. Oh, oh, I was saying a tree diagram, not, not, no, not a I want tree. it to be a tree, like a, like a nice, <laughs> a nice pine. 
I'm not down with your metaphor. <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. Cause I'm, as soon as you said a tree diagram, I go right to a tree and then I'm picturing it in my head. So those big things might be like a big forest of trees. You've got a standard being a tree. And then you talked about performance indicators. What would that part be uh, in a yeah. tree diagram? Yeah. So. Oh, uh, those might be the branches. Okay. Possibly leaves. What about the bark? It's probably a little too much for this <laughs> metaphor. Okay, so all those performance indicators, are those all things that kids need to meet? I don't think so. I think that they are well-researched examples of how one might meet the standard. Okay, so here's, here's my tougher question. Okay. If you've got all of those different leaves into this tree diagram, how many of those yeah. performance indicators do I need to show as a learner before I have that standard? Oh, I think it depends on the standard and possibly the learner. Okay, give me a better answer. More specific, Courtney Belolan. I'm not going to. I can't give you a number. I don't know. So for me, it could be I get half of them. For another learner, a quarter of them. And for another learner, I require three quarters of them. I, I don't know. That feels wrong. <laughs> okay. So how do- How about I, a preponderance? How about enough that it's clear that you um, understand? Okay. So that's more on my ambiguous side than you are giving me a number side. Yep. Nope. I, I like that. I like that a lot. What does preponderance mean that we can have equity among different learners though? Say I've got five I mean, or six, that's a really good point. That's five a really or six good teachers point, I don't... and we've got like 30 kids each. And, yeah. you know, you said it depends on the standard and it depends on the learner. And I'm with you on that one. And at some point, the expectation has to be met what that preponderance is. And if it's that preponderance is different for every teacher and depending on the learners in front of them, can't we be creating an inequitable situation at some point? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. not, not on purpose, obviously, yeah. but but doesn't our vagueness in what we're talking about in what these performance indicators are lead to an inequitable system? Yeah, totally does. No, that doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. But I mean, equally, if you go the other way and we say that if, if your state standard has you know 15 performance indicators under it, all learners must show mastery on 80%, how's that not creating or perpetuating inequities in another way. What would another way be? If we have the same- I don't same know, what do you want me to say? I'm, <laughs> Where I'm, are you leading me? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And <laughs> this gets back to like five <laughs> minutes ago when you said you didn't know where this was going. I didn't know I was going to do any of this. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think our, I think part of my point is that when we talk about those larger standards or competencies or guiding principles, as we talked a second ago, I think the more vague we make them leads to this, what are we doing type of system 
other than it's whatever it is, we're just definitely have to have designed it a little bit better than the old traditional ways of I'm going to start in September. I'm going to end in June. I'm going to get as far in the book as I can go. And you're yeah. all going to move on next year. That's, that's better, but I don't see it being any more clear for the learners or for the teachers for that matter. I think there's yeah. too much ambiguity yeah. in there. And, and this kind of talks about uh, a couple of the, uh, we got an email this week and I read an article this week that I sent to you and yeah. it yeah. really focused on some of these things. Like, I think we're talking too big sometimes and we need to make yeah. better definitions of what we're talking about. Well, I think that that's, that's where I was just starting to think was like, well, so I'm sitting here getting a little annoyed with your questioning. Nice. Um, because, <laughs> because in my mind, like when I, when I talk about, you know, a standard or a target, it's like, I have a very specific understanding of what that means to me. Right. And right. like, and the pieces of it and they are, so with this, I'm thinking in my head, well, there's a very well-defined target here, right. Or set of targets that lead up to a standard. There is not a lot of ambiguity, ambiguity around what it actually means to meet those targets in the system in my head. Mm -hmm. So why are you asking me like uh, for, why are you pushing me on having like, is it 70%? Is it 80%? It's like, I, those questions don't make sense to me. Well, in, in my good, world. good. Uh, because yeah. you and I have the same idea of what targets are and yeah. like a, a, a good system to organize those together. But we also both know that the system that is in our heads is not the system that most districts yeah. use. Uh, it no. should be, as, yeah. as you know, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but but it's not and i think you were the way you were explaining that a little bit really gets to the way some districts think about these things so my pushing on the questions was to get you to that place where you're just like matt stop it just stop yeah. it because it, yeah oh yeah you were there if this was a video <laughs> this would be so much better because uh, that look in your eyes was like matt i'm going to kill you uh so so I think that exposes some of those things that if districts don't really think this all the way through, we're gonna run into some of these questions when it gets right down to, I've got learners in front of me and a system I need to work with, and it's not working the way I thought it was going to. Just because you have sure. competencies and just because you have standards doesn't mean you have a good well-functioning system. That does not right. make the system. No, this, no, the, the targets, the, the things that you are specifically measuring uh, learner performance against have to be very clear. Otherwise you cannot mm -hmm. judge mastery. Right. <clears throat> That's okay. So let's get into one of the first things that I wanted to, to talk about a little bit here and not too long. Cause I don't want to go like five hours on this podcast. Like, no, this podcast doesn't do that. No, some other main related one might be, but just, you know, <laughs> whatever the, uh, I, I saw, uh, a post from Dan Meyer this week, and it was just a few days ago, it looks like, and they talk about thoughts about mastery that he had a conversation with uh, Bethany Lockhart-Johnson and UCLA math education professor Megan Frank. And the gist of it is mastery means, often means, that if you master one thing, you can move on and do other work, but you can't move on until you've mastered it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. 
okay? <clears throat> and uh, the professor says, what that does is sort students between who's mastered and who hasn't, and it keeps right. young people like this young person who may, who may have said 2010 from being able to do more interesting mathematics. We yep. say, and the we is in, as teachers, well, you get to practice. We have an order that you have to go through. You can't go on until you've mastered this. Mm -hmm. Well, I tend to agree with most of that. If we define mastery as like you are perfectly perfection, perfection, mastery to me means you've perfected this and you're ready to move on. I've got my two digit numbers. I can add them all together in any combination, but I can't move on into any of the three digit ones until I've shown you perfection backwards and forwards. Right. I know every combination of those. And no. unfortunately, the way we have some standards and performance indicators and systems written is that if we mm -hmm. define mastery as you can't move on until you've mastered something, we're, I think, holding kids back quite a bit. Because yeah, we don't have, I, I agree. We don't have something like, uh, as you talked a little bit ago about the preponderance of evidence and how right. that might, that might, that means different things to different teachers, which is yes, if you have the wrong system, you're going to create inequity. But if you have a strong system with a good progression of learning, then a mm -hmm. preponderance works fine, right? Kids don't have to be perfect. They just no. have to be proficient at something. And right. which leads into like one of the next questions from mm. one of our- I would even, I'm like, I'm gonna go further with that one. Okay, I yeah, would even yeah, argue. So like learning progression, I think that this is where some of this problem, learning progressions are awesome, right? It's supposed to lay out a series of skills or knowledge from least complex, least complex to most complex. Um, and I think that in general, we know that learning is not 100% linear step-by-step. Step. Uh, you can wax and wane. There are, depending on the content area, it is entirely possible that there's a good, you know, chunk of those steps in a learning progression that really aren't linear, right? They could mm -hmm. happen out of order. Sure. Um, and it is also the case that there are sometimes very clear pieces of a learning progression, uh, learning progression, learning progression, where it would be incredibly difficult to move past one step before you do have a very solid grasp on it. Mm -hmm. Like all of those things are true. I think the problem period is when people sort learners based on whatever and then only ever allow them to be with their group of quote-unquote like learners right mm -hmm. um until they are quote-unquote mastered you know whatever perfected said skills or um understandings i think this tends to happen more with skill-based progressions than it does with yeah. um, uh, content or uh, discrete knowledge. But um, so I, we've talked about this before, kind of, uh, no, that shouldn't happen, right? Learners need chances. And the other thing that happens too, like, so like not only are they allowed to progress on, but kind of what they were not into, like learners, sometimes teachers avoid putting learners in situations like creative thinking situations or problem solving situations, um, unless they feel they have all of the skills in order to solve the problem. And that's just not how life works. 
Right. We are put in situations all the time where we don't actually have the skills we need or the knowledge. And that's what motivates us to get the skills or knowledge. So it's, it's not a wait until they have the skills to give them the interesting problem solving experience. It's both. <laughs> they need the interesting problem solving experiences and they need the skills. Some learners will feel better entering a, a situation with problem solving where they feel they have most of the skills they will need. Other learners, doesn't matter to them at all. Put them in the situation and they will be like, huh, I need to learn this. I'm going to learn this, right? Mm -hmm. um, or ask the teacher, hey, I think, don't we need this? And that's when the teachers go, aha, yes, well, I guess you do need this. Here is this piece of information that will now help you. Um, so yeah, so that's a problem when, when learners don't ever get to... Um, be embedded in a social learning experience where there are a variety of learning abilities and knowledge in the room, that's a huge problem. So that's why you don't sort learners and keep them there forever and ever, amen, until they pass the test showing you that they, <laughs> they've mm -hmm. learned everything they're supposed to learn. You mix it up. So one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that we would have to change our thinking of what a classroom situation looks like and how we yeah. organize the learners mm -hmm. uh it doesn't sound like we can do mondays tuesdays wednesdays thursdays fridays all the same in our 45 to 75 minutes whatever it may be that we just have all the kids working on relatively the same thing maybe there'll be some separation but really they need to move on these standards and they'll be ready to move ahead when they're ready to move ahead without any of the other type situations. So what, what I'm thinking of is something we talked about in, in years past, times of flat circle at this point, that when we have skill-based time that kids are working mm -hmm. on particular mm -hmm. standards, but then we have also time to work on some of those bigger questions, something that we've called applied learning yes. in the past about those bigger projects right. where you have kids that aren't working necessarily on the same exact same skill level but they're working on the yeah. same questions right and now you've got like that in the math group. world yeah in the math world they're sometimes called high low experiences mm -hmm. um in the literacy world that looks like you know everybody talking about a particular kind of story um or a set of related stories or just whatever it is they happen to be reading with someone who happens to be reading something else or it's, we're all talking about character, but I get to talk about character with the understandings I have. And maybe I'm just talking about their, like their feelings and stuff, but you start talking about their motivations. Like those are two different kinds, but we can still talk together. Like mm -hmm. just because I'm on feelings and you're on motivations doesn't mean we should not, we should not have a conversation. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, I think that makes sense quite a bit. The way uh, again, I think this this talks about what I started to get at the beginning is we have these ideas about competencies and standards, and that's going to fix education, which I do believe it will help, but it's not the end. That's not, it's not the end all be all. You have to mm -hmm. have all of these different things in place, thinking what's what's best for kids. 
and it is not having them in lockstep and doing the uh, what what you sound sounds like tracking a little bit is what everybody goes right. to when they're working on standards and they don't get to move ahead and they're always with that group. It's like yeah, there's some flexibility there, but they're not doing anything else, and it's it's not really as helpful is when you put them in multiple different situations yep. uh, with different social groups of kids. Uh, right. You know, gosh forbid, even like mix them up among different grade levels, for instance. Oh my God, <gasps> that's blasphemy. Uh, but, but I think all of these things need to be thought of when we talk about what do we want our kids to be, to be doing? And standards aren't the only thing. There needs to be other ways that we can organize those kids. Uh, when right. we talk about standards or competencies or proficiencies or whatever it may be, uh, we're not going to get to our second question this week because I think we've gone way way long already here. Um, but I think well, I that's think, fine. We're good with a series, so yeah, we can tackle that next week. Like I think so. Like the next yeah. question, right? The, the other thing is like, what is mastery, right? And this is right. where I just I said this literally to a third grade teacher, a third a three four teacher the other day when we were looking at her standards it was like you know oh this could be a graduate course so like yeah. it's figuring out what is the actual appropriate level of skill or understanding for mastery right so well yeah we'll talk about that next week that's gonna be our next week one yeah because i think that's where we can get into a little more detail of what we exactly mean by it which will help rather than me pepper you with vague questions that make you want to hurt me And with that, we are going to uh, uh, respond to a listener email next week, which prompted all of this discussion. Uh, so again, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go right to plearnmc.com and put the question on our parking lot or email us at, uh, mm-hmm. was it plearnmc at gmail.com. Uh, all of those links are right it's on our website. You plearnmc, you're going to find us somewhere, whether it may be the only place we're not, I think is uh, TikTok. Because I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> I, I know I'm a little too old for it, put it that way. I, I don't think we should be on TikTok. No, well, good. Because I haven't quite figured that one out yet. <laughs> All right. And with that, uh, we'll talk to you next week.